Hey everybody, this is Klaatu. In a previous episode, I have talked about getting software on Slackware, and in this episode I want to talk about SLPKG. It's an it's a application that I have actually just recently found out about that helps you get software from slackbuilds.org and other locations onto your system. It's a really, really nice little command. I've, I've been just really impressed with it. It has actually supplanted the tool that I wrote to do the same thing on my system. In other words, yes, I am not using the tool that I wrote any longer. I'm using SLPKG for now. I'm not, I'm not saying I will use it forever. I might switch to SBOPKG, or I might switch back to Sport. Who knows? Probably not switching back to Sport, actually. SLPKG has reminded me that sometimes in open source software, other people have done better work on uh, to solve a same, the same problem and a lot of times it's just better to use, to, to leverage their hard work and their effort and their knowledge and just to enjoy that. That's what I've been doing with SLPKG. I wanted to kind of share SLPKG with you in case you hadn't tried it. Because honestly, I didn't know it had existed. It's existed for a while. I did not know about it until I saw a, a, a message on a mailing list, on a Slack build mailing list, talking about SLPKG sort of in passing, and I decided to check it out and was really, really pleased with what I found. So SLPKG is a, uh, let's call it a package manager for Slackware. I guess that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's really not. It's a front end to the slackbuild.org and related systems. The, the package manager itself, of course, is Slack PKG. It is install PKG, PKG tool. That suite of of package utilities, that's the stuff that really manages the packages. Because I mean certainly install PKG and upgrade PKG, certainly those record all of the files that you've just installed onto your system into slash var slash log slash packages. So that's really the thing that's maintaining for lack of a better term, the database of the packages that you have. Of course, it's not really a database. Thankfully, it's just a list of packages with with all the lists of files within each package in a in a dedicated file. But that's that's the the thing that I, I guess you and I would think of as as being the the management system. SLPKG is a front end to reduce the steps required from you to get a Slack build uh, recipe file onto your system, and then the source code onto your system, and then you run the Slack build, and then you install the resulting package. That's like four, five, six steps. SLPKG seeks to reduce it drastically by orders of magnitude in some cases, due to the way that it can also install dependencies that are listed in the .info file for you. Okay, so SLPKG, how do you get it? Where is it? Well, it lives on GitLab. If you go to gitlab.com slash d slack w, that is d as in delta, slack, w as in whiskey, d slack w slash SLPKG. That's SL Sierra Lima PKG like package, SLPKG. That's the home of SLPKG. It is a Git repository 
On GitLab, you can find releases uh, marked, like tagged releases on a Git in a Git repository using the releases link on the far right. It has a little tiny rocket ship logo, or icon rather. You probably won't even recognize it as a rocket. It is kind of abstract. But anyway, you click on that. Right now, as of this recording, there are 37 releases, the latest being 3.9.6. And then you can download either the zip or the tar gz or the tar bz2 or just the tar. Um, I, I would recommend the either the zip tar gz or the tar bz2 because that has a little install script. I mean, I don't know, maybe the source code does too, but um, I can def definitely vouch for the, the tarred versions. So I've just downloaded that into my downloads folder, and now I'm going to do a tar dash dash extract dash dash file slpkg dash 3.9.6. Actually, I'm just going to do an asterisk Z because I don't actually care about the rest of it. And that untars that into a folder called slpkg 3.9.6. So I'm going to change directory into that uh, folder. And I'm going to do an ls, and I see that there is a little shell script here called install.sh. And as you might expect, that is an install uh, script for slpkg. It assumes, of course, that you are running Slackware. And it, that's kind of the beautiful thing about this. It's just it's so easy because we're all running Slackware here. There's, a, there's consistency. We can just kind of rely on... On the system, so I'm going to just do a sudo sh dot slash slp. Uh, sorry, uh, dot slash install dot sh, and then hit return. It doesn't take long. There's not a whole lot to copy. And if I do a less on var log packages slpkg tab, I see that uh, it's a description file here. There's a description that says SLPKG is a powerful software package manager that installs, updates, and removes packages in Slackware-based systems. It automatically computes dependencies and figures out things, um, what things should occur to install packages. SLPKG makes it easier to maintain groups of machines without having to manually update. It's pretty nice. Okay, so there's a bunch of files in slash Etsy, like bash completion stuff some fish completion, and then a configuration folder called slpkg. And in that, it looks like there's a bunch of information about repositories. There's an slpkg.conf.new, there's a repositories.conf.new, and so on. There's also a doinst.sh and a slack-desk. Uh, that's in the install directory. Uh, and then there's user bin slpkg. And the rest of it really most well there's some documentation but the rest of it the bulk of it is in user lib 64 python 3. whatever 9 on my system and so yes this is a python this is a python package it's it's written in python and um you just have to kind of admire the the structure of this thing it, it really is quite impressive um it and it only gets more impressive the more you use it. And then there's a man page, and which is always good. So, the first step that you must take when b before sort of using SLPKG as your as your front end for Slack builds, you must first do an SLPKG. Well, sorry, pseudo SLPKG update. 
that's required because that is going to um, take a look at the repositories that you have configured. You don't know that you have any configured, but SLPKG has been delivered to you with a certain number of repositories already configured. Um, so that looks at the repositories and downloads their change log, essentially, or the, the, and, and a file manifest and so on, so that there's a there's a record locally of what's available over the network of whatever repository you have set up. This is an important distinction between SLPKG and the way a lot of people run Slack builds, including myself. And this is probably my, I guess, in a way, my least comfortable aspect of SLPKG for me is that it, it, it does leave a lot on the network. And under certain circumstances, I don't think I would settle for that. I, I think I would sort of return to the comfort of having things locally. But looking at my workflow lately, I've realized that the significance of something being local is a lot less important to me than it used to be. And nowadays, in fact, having it local is almost adding a step because sometimes I'll have something local and then realize that there's a newer version available online now and I need to update my local uh, mirror of of the repository. So right now I'm I'm comfortable with just trusting that the things on the internet are up to date and usable f over the network. And that's just something that I'm willing to do right now because I've been working from home for several years now and I've kind of settled into a certain routine where I, th yeah, the versions and the, the existence of things, whether it's local or online, I have access to it. And so it's just kind of, it's allowing things to, to, to be stored somewhere else other than my hard drive, which right now is fine for me. But that is a thing about SLPKG that you should be aware of up front. It's not pulling the entire tree of slackbuilds.org down to your computer. Now, you can do that, and some other systems do that. And if I do a disk used, a du-h on, on opt slack builds, which is where I keep my slack builds lately, that is um, 605 megabytes of slack build information. So it's not, I mean, it, it, it's a lot, but it's not even a gig of slack build recipes that I've got locally on my machine. So you, you can do that if you want to, but... SLPKG defaults to just letting everything exist out there on the network. The network is your computer. It's out there. You can get that information as needed. And 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 that does you you can leverage that at some points. I mean, I'll I'll show you during this episode why that's significant and why it's nice. It's why it's a, a really great convenience. Um but f just be aware of it. It's it's not local. Okay. So, now that we've updated, we've done an SLPKG update, I guess the next logical sort of workflow step is probably that you want to find a package to install. Potentially not. Potentially what your next step would be 
uh, is to list all of the packages available to you on a certain repository. Maybe that would be the first thing that you would do. So to do that, you can do uh, sudo slpkg dash dash list sudo slpkg dash dash list and then the name of the repository that you want to list. Well, in this case, the the repository there are two repositories, and you'll you you'd have seen them kind of fly by your screen as you did the update. There's one called Slack, and there's one called SBO. Slack is, as you might imagine, Slackware. And then SBO is slackbuilds.org. SBO, slackbuilds.org. So if you want to list all the packages available on one or the other, you can do a dash dash list and then the name of that repository. What if you don't know what repositories you even have uh, configured? Well, for that, you can do a sudo slpkg space repo dash list. And that shows all of the different repositories that um, that SLPKG knows about. It also denotes which one of those repositories is enabled. So by default, it looks like it's got 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, about 17 repositories that it's aware of, that it's got pre-programmed in. And this all, of course, comes from a file in slash Etsy slash SLPKG. And you can look at those files to sort of see the configuration happening behind it. But there's not really, an, you don't really have to look at those files. You can just kind of, you can just trust that it's been configured for you, which apparently it has because it seems to be working. Um, and and just kind of look at it as a user. And so as a user, you can see that the repo ID is for instance, alien. The repo URL is http colon slash slash bear dot alien base dot nl slash mirrors slash people slash alien slash sb tilde default yes status disabled. Go down that list a little bit more, you get to SBO, and that of course the repository slackbuilds.org slash slackbuilds, default yes, status enabled. So the default yes is just telling is saying whether this repository shipped with SLPKG or whether it's something that you added manually yourself. I've not added a repository manually myself, but it is an option that you have if you ever if you ever need to do that. Okay, so I, I see that I have two uh, repos enabled. That's great. SBO Slack. I can list them, as I said, with dash dash list and then whatever value. You probably want to pipe that through less or more or most or whatever pager you use because it's going to be a lot of packages. A lot of packages. And it, um, it, it doesn't give you a whole lot of information about them. So you can see a one-line description of one of them. So let's say here's one called libb64. Don't know what that is. We're gonna find out to some degree. So sudo slpkg. I think it's dash dash desk d e s c, and then the name of the package. Oh no, probably the name of the repository, and then the name of the package. Yes, that was it. So sudo slpkg dash dash desk sbo because I just listed sbo, 
and then the name of the package that I want to see, libb64. It tells me that libb64 is croutines for base64. Ah, that makes sense. Encoding and decoding. And I could do that for any number of, of packages that I see in this list. So you can kind of get an idea of what's available that way. Another way you can get even more information is to look at the web page. Go to the go to the repository, look at the web page, do a search, you know, kind of browse your package list there, and then come back to SLPKG to actually initiate the install. That's a, a relatively reasonable way uh, potentially to to do to do your package shopping. There's yet another way, which is sudo slpkg-n for network, and then the thing that you want to look look at. So let's say libb64 again. That gives you a menu. Uh, depending on what libraries you have installed, it, it can give you a fancy menu or a basic menu. I just have the basic menu because I haven't bothered installing the little Python library that I think it's it, it, it wants to see for the fancy menu. Um, but it, it gives me a menu, and I can do things like I can type R to view the readme file. There's the readme file. Q to quit. Um, and then view the Slack build file if you want to do that. View the info file. View the, or rather, download the package. D for download. B for build. I for install. C for clearing the screen. And Q to quit. So I've just quit. So there is a, a menu option here as well. But I think more often than not, the way that I use SLPKG so far is I do sudo SLPKG dash capital F. That's capital F as in find. Capital F to find some package. And that I do that to confirm that, I, that, that a package that I think may exist somewhere does in fact exist. Now this is a, a relatively fuzzy find feature, so you don't have to tell it what repository to look at. You're asking it to look at all of the repositories to see if something is available. So I'm doing sudo slpkg capital F, and then I'm going to search for the audio workstation LMMS, Linux Multimedia Studio, LMMS. And that tells me that actually there is LMMS available in SBO, which, uh, if I recall, is the slackbuilds.org repository. Yes, it is. The package available there is LMMS-1.2.2, which is significant because if it was available somewhere else and maybe there was a 1.2.1, then I would want to, I would probably want to go with SBO rather than the other one because SBO is more up-to-date. Uh, or whatever. So that's the finding f function, is dash capital F. You can also do dash dash find, all capitals. F-I-N-D is all capitals. A little bit, little bit unusual, frankly. I, I would have expected the dash, the, the search feature to use a keyword like search. But find, I, I get it, it works. So dash capital F is to find. Once you're happy with what you have found, you can then tell SLPKG to install that thing. And the way that you do that bizarrely is dash dash sync, S-Y-N-C, or if you prefer the short option, just dash S as in sync or Sierra. So 
dash s or dash dash sync is the install command. I don't know why that's the command. I I I, I get it sort of. You're you're synchronizing in a way the the thing that exists on the network with your local system. And and that's a very kind of I don't know. I think of it as a very sort of very traditional Unix interpretation of of what a repository is. You know, there's a there's the software and it's part of your system. It's just that you haven't you haven't enabled it on your system yet. It works. Uh, it's just again, I would have expected intuitively for the install function to use a keyword like install, but it is sync. You'll get used to it if you if you if you use SLPKG, it just intuitively at first it will throw you for a loop. So sudo SLPKG dash S L M M S no dash S S B O. I have to specify the repository from which I want to install. Now in this case, to be fair, there is only one repository, but SLPKG still wants to hear from you the repository it needs to go to to find that package. And then LMMS is the package I want to install. It pauses for a moment and presents to me what it's proposing it is going to do. And currently it is saying to me that LMMS, FLTK, and STK will be installed. Actually, it's telling me in real life none of those will be installed because they're already installed on my system. But pretend like that's not the case. You don't know it. If I hadn't said anything, you'd never know. But that's the truth. So LMMS is the thing that I asked it to install. What are these other two things? Well, those are the dependencies explicitly listed in the .info file. Now, if you've heard previous episodes about this process, you'll know that Slack builds have a, a rather limited metadata system. Everything in the .info file listed in requires are packages that are required. Anything else is just kind of listed relatively freeform in the readme file. So front ends like SLPKG can't really reliably parse optional dependencies or recommended dependencies. And so this is prob this this is potentially an incomplete picture of what LMMS really requires. So in this case, I would probably do a sudo slpkg dash n for the network thing, LMMS, and then I would look at the README file, and I would see in the README file here that Jack and Fluid dash sound font are optional but highly recommended, and then libgig Carla, STK, and port audio are optional dependencies. So SLPKG doesn't know about those. Now I do. And inconveniently, when I leave the README, it 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 clears my screen. So I don't have the README available anymore. That's kind of inconvenient. But at least I know more or less what what my options are. So if I knew that I wanted Jack installed, for instance, I could do SLP, no, I could do sudo slpkg-s for sync jack and install jack. Oh, 
I forgot to specify the repository. SBO Jack. And then install Jack from from SBO, which of course is already installed on my system. And then once I'm done that, if I'm happy with with that, well, maybe I wouldn't be happy with that. I'd, I'd go do fluid sound fonts as well. I'd install that. And then maybe I'm happy. So then I could go and resume my SLPKG-SLMMS and install the three, nope, SBO LMMS, and then continue the install of my actual, the actual thing that I wanted to install. So that's, there's a, a caveat here is that the Slack build system it frankly has a very limited metadata structure, and that is by choice. It has been discussed on the mailing list. Um, other options, uh, options to maybe to, to provide structure around optional dependencies and so on, but it has been decided by the mailing list that that's not a desirable feature. And so if you are installing something that that has optional dependencies or recommended things that you also might want to do there's no way for a, a there's no reliable way for a front end like slpkg or sbopkg to to understand that to detect that at all so there's no there's no tag in other words for that there's just nothing to grep for so be aware of that when installing slack builds and this is one reason why i generally recommend running a slack build manually a few times before you dive into the front ends because the front ends if you treat this like a dnf or an apt it, it'll trick you you'll you'll assume because there's no reason not to assume you'll assume that these that that these front end applications to slack builds are exactly like dnf and if there's something there's a recommended dependency it it will recommend that to you no not necessarily that's not that that isn't the case there used to be a flag in the requires in the info um, file and i guess there still technically is but it was what it was percent readme percent and that was sort of a a warning to the user that hey there's more information here than you realize go read the readme file um, i i feel like practically every package started getting the percent readme percent and so it, it i feel a little bit like maybe it's fallen slightly out of favor now and it's just the expectation that you're going to read the readme file i think it would be nice if slpkg if i had to critique this application at all it would be nice to make the readme a little bit more available like that should be something that that, that there's a command for like SL, pseudo SLPKG, I don't know, read uh, SBO LMS or something like that, so that we just look at the README file and learn of any optional dependencies or any warnings or caveats. Some some Slack builds, for instance, require that you create a specific um, group ID for a certain application that you're going to install. Again, the front end doesn't know about that. So if, if you're not aware that you need to do that before installing, the install is going to fail. So that's those are important caveats to be aware of, and it's the kind of it's a danger of using the front ends. That said, there are some there are some interesting options with SLPKG to be aware of, and it is quite a flexible system. Let's go get some coffee. And then we'll come back and talk about all the different options we have for customizing 
and install. Okay, we're back. I have coffee. It's great coffee. Hopefully you have coffee too. And of course, it's it's fall here in New Zealand. It's autumn. So it is getting a little bit chilly. So this coffee is getting more and more appreciated uh, every day. So I wanted to kind of amend maybe what I said before the coffee break about the about the mailing list discussion about adding metadata to Slack builds. And I I... I'm saying that the mailing list has decided not to do that. And what I'm saying is that in the in the tenuous sort of sense of of a democratic process that is the Slack build user mailing list it was decided by some group of people not to include better metadata. I I'm I I'm I'm trying to express that uh, the the process of decision making on the Slack build mailing list it, it is a little bit fuzzy. There's not there's not a there's not a very strict sort of policy on how these rulings get made. So I don't want to I don't want to get give the impression that there's a highly structured sort of um, group that is looking at the specifications of slack builds and and making decisions and presenting reasons and so on there's really not it's it's a it's a mailing list and you can pitch an idea and people you know as a group sort of like you get the sense of where the group is feeling and then one of the admins uh dips in and says yes or no and that's kind of the decision making process so that's just something to be aware of. Um, there is no specification for a Slack build file. That's not something that exists, as far as I know. Maybe there's a private one somewhere, but not that I'm aware of. So it is a, it's it's a rather, it's it's a highly highly just sort of coasting on conventions and uh, tradition is probably too big of a word, but just kind of the way that people are are implementing the files is kind of the way that the files are implemented and the examples that we have are on slackware.com and on slackbuilds.org and a couple of other places like alien base and uh, robbie workman's uh, repository so you know examples and sort of uh, the the quote-unquote official format sort of are just derived from the way that important people within slackware are implementing the file and that's it uh and and the 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 lack of of metadata around them and or 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 the lack of data around some of them that's not necessarily official and i feel like should someone wish to add data to a slack build i not maybe not on slackbuilds.org but i i think that you know one could do that and i think it would be smart if if one was going to do that to build upon the .info file I mean, that would be the logical place for that kind of information. Now, to be fair and to be clear, 
I'm, I'm, I, I sympathize with the, with the very real and, and, and urgent desire not to make a Slack build into a complex entity such as a spec file. Like, if you've ever tried to write a spec file for an RPM, it is not easy. It is, there is a lot of obfuscate, obfuscation there. You have macros, which are great, but finding out what, what exactly those macros do and when they should do the things that they do is, is it can be a real, it can be a real trick. Uh, and then there are dozens of different tools. There's spec tool and there's RPM build and there's a bunch of other things. RPM dev, I think bunch of different tools around all the different functions of, of sort of developing an RPM. It can get very complex and it just takes a long time. Slack builds notably do not. And trying to trying to come up with a system to define what a dependency is versus well what's an optional dependency? What's the difference there really? The, that's actually harder than you would think. You'd, you'd think it would be easy. Well, a dependency is the thing, you know, you need it in order to build the program. An optional dependency is something that you don't need to build the program. That's pretty clear. But, you know, there, there is sort of the, well, what about, what about programs that, yes, technically build without, I don't know, Jack, but, but aren't very useful if you haven't built it with Jack. Like, I mean, that's not a, that is technically an optional dependency, but I mean, it's, it's optional in the sense that, in a technical sense only, in reality, everyone's using it with Jack, and so Jack should be an, a, a required dependency, like, pragmatically. Because anyone who doesn't know better is going to be very, very disappointed if they build it just according to the hard-coded required dependencies. And then there's it gets even more complex. Keeping with the Jack example, uh, there is there's Jack, and then there's Jack one dot nine, confusingly called Jack one and Jack two, with Jack two being one dot nine and Jack one being Jack zero dot nine. So there's there are two different versions of Jack available. There's no real reason not to use Jack two, and I proposed to the mailing list years ago, I think. Uh, that we just switched the sort of our default, our internal default Jack to Jack 2 to make that the designator and to sort of more or less deprecate Jack 1 and everyone decided that that wasn't what we would do. And lately they decided that that is what we would do actually and so we have recently sort of switched over. So now Jack, if you refer to Jack on slackbuilds.org, you're referring to Jack 1.9, and if you're referring to, I don't know, Jack 1, then you're referring to Jack 1, something like that. But there again, what's what's the optional dependency there? What's the dependency? Is is the hard-coded dependency Jack 2, that is Jack 1.9, or is the required dependency Jack 2 or Jack 1? Because either one will actually satisfy the requirement. So it, it does get complex, is, is what I'm saying, and there's a desire not to make it complex, which I can absolutely respect because, as I've said in my Slack build episode, one of the key advantages to Slack builds to that whole system is that both users and future maintainers are empowered to create 
Slack builds for themselves and for others. It's a really easy, as if you can get as far as building a package, you can probably get as far as making a Slack build for that package. Okay, so that's just kind of a little bit of explanation of, of, of how these things get decided upon and where those decisions are made and, and how they're made. And it is admittedly a, a pretty, a, it's, it's a pretty casual uh, group. It, it is not, it, it, there are not a whole bunch of bureaucratic things to cut through, which sometimes is a good thing and then other times is a frustrating thing because you want, you see something that could be better and, or, you know, that you believe would make it better and you want to, you want to make it better. But um, Slack builds doesn't necessarily want to be driven by front ends that get written for it. It wants to be its own thing, and I think that's fair. Anyway, SLPKG has a couple of features that help you customize the way you interact with 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 packages that you're that you're thinking about installing. So if we go to man SLPKG, there is an option to download only when you're synchronizing packages. That's the dash dash sync or dash s. You can do it just the download only. And that downloads the packages and the source code, but it doesn't build or install them. So for instance, let's say, um, I guess I should find something to use as an example here. What was it? libb64, right? So let's say that we're going to do a sudo slpkg for some reason, I, I've decided that I want to customize the way that I'm going to install libb64. I don't know what, but there, there's some, maybe there's a patch I want to make, or there's a file I want to include in my package that doesn't get included by, but by default, whatever. So I'm going to do a sudo slpkg dash dash sync. Oh, this is why it's sync and not install, because sync has more than one function. Okay, so sync um, dash dash download dash only sbo lib b64. I think that's the correct order of options. Of course, it wants my password because I took too long talking and drinking coffee. And it's telling me that there's libb64, it's it's colored red, so that I know that it's not yet installed. If you can't see red and distinguish it from green, that's okay, because it does tell you at least one package will be installed. Now in this case, that is a little bit weird, that's not true. They're not actually going to install, because I issued the flag dash dash download dash only. Anyway, I'm going to say yes. And so it downloads both the Slack build file, so that would be the libb64.tar.gz from slackbuilds.org, and the, the, the URL that it found in the .info file. In this case, that's... Actually, I don't know. I don't see that anywhere. But it's... it's I end up with... Oh, there it is. Downloads.sourceforge.net slash libb64 slash libb64-1.2.1.zip. Where did those get placed? Well, it tells you. It tells you that it got placed into slash tmp slpkg slash build. I'm going to go there first. It, it actually has more to the path, but I want to go here for a, for a demonstration. So if I do an ls here, I see right there libb64.targ.gz. 
course, I could do a tar tvf on libb64.targz and confirm that that contains libb64.info, slack desk, readme, libb64.slack build, and something called lib64 slash shared library.patch. So there's a patch file in this um, thing that that normally would be applied as part of the Slack build, but that's an interesting thing to see. Now, the source code got downloaded to this same directory, but in a subdirectory called underscore sources, all capitals. And if I do an ls on underscore sources, I do see that there's a lib64, libb64-1.2.1.zip. So that's the source code. So at this point, you know, I could I could do whatever I needed to do. Uh, I could I could make the modification to the Slack build that I needed to make, or, or whatever it was. And so once you've made the modification, how do you then complete the SLPKG process? Well, in theory, this is Slack builds. It's very flexible. You could not use SLPKG. You could just run. Just, you've downloaded the Slack build. You've downloaded the source code. You may as well just put them together and run the Slack build yourself, right? Yes. But SLPKG has a certain workflow. It's it, sometimes you can get into the rhythm of an uh, of a command and SLPKG is no different. And so you could do something like sudo SLPKG dash dash auto build lib b64.tar.gz underscore sources lib b64-121.zip, hit return, and that tells SLPKG to do essentially a local install. It tells it to, to that, that the, Slack, the Slack build folder is here, lib-b64.tar.gz, uh, uh, and the sources are here, underscore sources, blah, and of course, those could be on any; those could be anywhere in your system. It, it doesn't have to be there, but you're just pointing it to the Slack build and the sources, and telling it to auto build, and it it does all the rest. Really, really nice feature. I mean, really nice. I mean, not essential, right? It's it's icing on cake that is already great, but that is just really smooth because anything that 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 separates itself, that removes itself between you and your goal of getting a customized package installed, for me, is icing on the cake. It is, it's brilliant. It, it, that's the cherry topping. That's, it's perfect. That's what you want. And, and that's one of my biggest critiques to, say, an RPM or a Deb-based uh, system is that the, the process of getting a thing customized can sometimes just be so painful. I'll, I'll admit on RPM based system it's it's tolerable. I mean you you can find the source package in theory and once you find the source package then you can put it into RPM build you can custom you can explode it you can customize it you can rebuild it you know whatever you need to do but it is a process and I feel like SLPKG has has successfully positioned itself as a front end but also has, has removed itself, has, has made sure that it doesn't stand in your way of customizing a package as needed. Now, there are other ways to customize package, less, lesser ways, if you will. So, for instance, let's say you're, you're building something, and in the README uh, or the Slack build, it tells you if you set 
um, you know, foo equals yes, then this application will build against libfoo. So you could you can do export foo equals yes, and then run slpkg sl sudo slpkg uh, dash s, uh, and then you know whatever example uh, or sbo and then example application, and then as long as the environment variable foo equals yes is meaningful to to the example Slack build script then now that that's in your current environment, the, the, the terminal that you're running this in, that'll pick that up and it'll run just as you would expect. Or you, I mean, you don't even have to do that. You could just sudo slpkg foo equals yes, no, uh, sudo foo equals yes slpkg dash s sbo example. Um, but the specific example from slpkg says export. So I don't know, I, I guess I would probably do it that way because that's that's the way it was recommended. Technically, I don't think it should matter, but you don't know how things get forked, so um, I would do it as an export. Another way to get things installed through SLPKG is by using its Q subsystem. This is a little bit, again, just a tiny bit counterintuitive, I think, just because the, the, the precedence that it has set up has been option, repo, package... And then sometimes that gets displaced by another option. And so anyway, the queue is what I would think of. It, it helps, I think, to think of it as a subsystem because you kind of enter a different mode of the command. You get into this mode with a dash Q. Probably it's also dash dash Q or something, but I don't know. But it, just dash Q makes sense. Dash Q. So uh, sudo slpkg dash Q. The first thing that you could do is, um, I guess, the the word list. So that's a sort of a that's a subcommand predicated on the fact that you have dash q in your in your command. Okay, so right now there's packages in the queue are none, so that's that's kind of expected. So instead, I could do sudo slpkg dash q, let's do lmms again, and then I'm going to do a dash dash add. Now notice I did not give a repository anywhere in that command. So, and that's okay, because what it's doing is just adding the string lmms to its queue, to the queue of slpkg, to the queue, yeah. The Q Q U E U E. Now, if I do a slpkg sudo slpkg dash Q dash lit or not dash list just list, then I see that yes, lmms has been added to my queue. It exists. From there, now that I have a queue file, now of course I could add other stuff too. I could do dash Q um, lib. I can't think of a lib right now. Let's do an slpkg dash dash list of SBO. We'll do a less on it. We'll just kind of go somewhere. Here's something. WebStorm. That sounds cool. Don't know what that is, but I am going to add it to my queue. Pseudo slpkg dash Q WebStorm with a capital W and a capital S dash dash add WebStorm. So if I do a dash Q list, 
I see that now that LMMS and WebStorm have both been added to my queue. And you could keep doing that. You could just add all kinds of stuff to your queue, which is a useful thing to, to do sometimes. Oh, there's YOLO. I forgot about that. I'm going to add YOLO. I, I maintain that package. Add that to my queue. Okay, there we go. So now that I've got a queue with three items in it, I can do a couple of different things. I can do a dash Q build to build those packages. I can do a dash Q install to build and install them. Oh, sorry, to install them. Or a dash Q build dash install, which is build and install. I don't really understand how install works if build hasn't happened yet, but I guess we can find out. sudo slack slpkg dash Q install is what I'm going to say. And it's telling me that it skipped LMMS because it is already installed. And then it's telling me that the package WebStorm hasn't been found and the package YOLO has not been found. So there's the, there's the answer of what happens if you skip the build step. So probably realistically, I would want to do build-install. And oh, without, without further warning, interestingly, it, it executes that. It does that. That's very interesting. It just it just goes for it. It doesn't ever ask for a repository. I get. I imagine it would ask for a repository if there was a, if there was more than one choice. That's my 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 guess. I haven't tested it. Like I say, I haven't actually added any repositories to 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 this system because really I tend to just use slackbuilds.org. Honestly, um, I mean I'm not opposed to other repositories. I'm just saying. I just haven't happened to add any others to my system. Um, so that's slpkg-q. It is a handy little system. You can also remove things. So um, I wonder if there's a clear. No, there's not. Okay. So dash q list, and then I could do dash q remove instead. Or no, sorry, dash q lmms web storm and yolo dash dash remove. And that has removed those two to from from the queue and if i do a dash q list again then there's nothing in my queue so that's the queue subsystem like i say it, it feels a little bit weird because dash q list and yet dash q dash dash add or dash q dash dash remove with some package in in there to to qualify what you're adding or removing that it feels a little bit awkward but again you do kind of fall into it it's um a little bit, a little tiny bit counterintuitive sometimes, but but not terribly. There's also a um, an ability to see what you have installed on your system, which is the dash find or dash f with a lowercase f find or dash dash find, uh, and and that'll that'll see if you have something installed in your system currently. There's also a dash r for remove. So if you want to remove a package through SLPKG, again, I don't think I would do that. I think I would just use remove PKG myself. But you could do it through SLPKG, and you do get ben the benefit of some, some easy options like SLPKG-R underscore SBO dash dash tag, which tells it to remove all packages tagged SBO. So I mean that that would be rather drastic, but I mean you could do it. That that's an option that you have. And and in a less drastic scenario, maybe you had found I don't know a collection of packages somewhere underscore 
Clatu or something, and you decided that you're finished with those, then you could just remove all of the ones that are tagged Clatu, whatever. So that's a it's a handy little feature. Um, and and there is more. There's there's more stuff that you can do with and around SLPKG. It's it's quite a robust little application. It has a bunch of stuff for repo management, it has stuff for package management, uh, for updating packages, for health checks, for dependency checks. You can get a whole ASCII chart, ASCII art graph of all the dependencies around a package and how they connect to each other, or you can render it out to a PNG. Uh, it's, it's There are lots, lots and lots of features here, but not, I, I think, one of the things that I want to emphasize here, it's not overwhelmingly so. There, there are a lot of features, but the ones that you're going to use on a day-to-day -day basis are the ones that I've, well, really are the first couple that I went over, I, I think. SLPKG-F for finding stuff on the servers dash lowercase s to sync to synchronize to install an application from a server and i don't know maybe maybe something else like dash in to view the the information about the package like i say i do wish there was a little bit more just dumping stuff out to standard out rather than sort of that menu driven um scenario that dash in uses but i think I think right now I'm I'm looking past that. I don't know if I'll always look past that myself. Um, it may come down to me wanting to have stuff locally so I can just cat it out to my terminal and get a good overview of everything. And again, I mean, that's what inspired me to write port, uh, sport rather, was just the desire to have a quick at-a-glance summary of the readme and the .info files right in front of me so that I can assess what the optional dependencies are versus the required dependencies versus any further actions that I needed to take before installation, such as creating a group ID or something like that. So that's that's part of the model of SLPKG is that things live on the server and you can peek into the server, but a lot of times it's it, you don't have the, the sense that it's right there tangibly in front of you in your terminal, as it were. And that's okay. That's a choice that has been made. I think overall, this is an astonishingly cool little application, and it it, it simplifies interactions with slackbuilds.org for a lot of scenarios. And, and maybe it simplifies it too much sometimes, but I think, like I said, it removes itself from standing in your way. If you want to get into the actual code, you need to see the thing that you're that you're about to install and you want to get in there and, and make a patch or or make a modification to the build file or whatever it's easy to do it's just a down dash dash download dash only option away and and you have them locally on your system so you, you can adjust them and then the dash dash auto build feature makes it so easy to continue in within that that sort of that workflow so some really really nice features here and it, it just it's a beautifully written application. I highly recommend it. If you are if you have if you have done the obligatory couple of Slack manual Slack build installs, which I highly recommend, get familiar with Slack builds before you start defaulting to the front ends. Then you'll be ready for something like SLPKG and you'll understand that this isn't DNF, this isn't apt, this isn't a spec file that we're looking at. This doesn't have all the rich metadata that some packaging formats have. 
So read the readme files before installing, get familiar with what your sort of typical daily drivers are, and install them the way that you want them installed. But do it, if you want, with SLPKG. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. My name is Klaatu. You can reach me anytime over email with feedback or comments, tips, or just to say hi. My email address is klaatu at slackermedia.info. You can also reach me on the Mastodon network, not klaatu, at mastodon.xyz. The show's intro and outro music is by Fat Chance Lester. You can find their music on bandcamp.com or on gnuworldorder.info in the archive you'll find a music directory containing the album from which this music has been extracted until next time thanks for listening and keep the source open the mind is like a computer. If I tell myself I'm going to fall asleep at a certain time, I do, no matter what, and I wake up. I mean, it's very, it's very simple to do.